Hello, Drew Nation. We are back again. I'm still gone uh, away. Coming back October 11th. All right, put it on the calendar. October 11th. We will be back live, ready to go and tackle the Biden administration's and Democratic Party's continued decimation of America. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode. Without further ado, let's touch on climate change. Chapter 12, The Climate Hoax Explained. A remarkable number of supposedly intelligent Americans express full-throated support for the greatest hoax ever perpetrated on mankind, climate change. In fact, many who are able-minded enough to acknowledge the abject failures of the Biden administration and even the regressive policies of the Democratic Party at large will still support Biden and Democrats in perpetuity because they support the radical climate agenda. The shocking success of the man-made climate change movement hinges predominantly on its presentation as a binary choice between morality and amorality. It appeals to people's intrinsic desire to be good. This, combined with the persistent apocalyptic claims that climate change is an existential threat to human existence, has successfully recruited millions to blindly join the cult. The incessant denunciation of those who reject this lie as climate deniers, further contributes to the seemingly unstoppable anti-American locomotive that is the climate agenda, a transformation that will do untold harm to our economy and erode our standard of living and individual rights. You don't have to be a biologist to understand that there are only two genders, male and female, and you don't have to be a climate scientist to understand the absurdity of the man-made climate change hoax. All you need is two functioning brain cells to rub together. The good news is that brain cells regenerate throughout your entire life, and if you've spent your life bamboozled into believing the climate hoaxers, there's still time to see the proverbial light. According to climate scientists, Earth is 4.54 billion years old. Importantly, according to these same climate scientists, we only have accurate surface temperature data going back to the 1880s. In other words, climate scientists have concluded that man is responsible for rising temperatures based on roughly 140 years of data out of 4.54 billion years. They claim that the Industrial Revolution, the use of fossil fuels, is responsible for the rising temperatures. But who was responsible for rising temperatures before man appeared on Earth? 53 million years ago, Antarctica was so warm that palm trees lined its sandy beaches. Climate scientists speculate that the atmospheric carbon dioxide levels at this time were as high as 1,000 parts per million. Today, atmospheric carbon dioxide levels are roughly 400 parts per million. What was responsible for this? Climate scientists can't blame man or fossil fuels because we weren't even around back then. There was far more CO2 in the atmosphere 53 million years ago before mankind was even present. But these climate scientists are blaming man for global warming since the 1880s. They aren't even certain that CO2 is responsible for the warm climate that once made Antarctica suitable for a first-class beach resort. 
yet they claim that CO2 is responsible for warming temperatures today. They're a bunch of flat earthers, making scientific decrees based on nothing more than their imaginations. The earth is warming, therefore man is responsible. They did the same thing when they observed the earth was cooling in the 1970s. In the 1970s, climate scientists warned that man was responsible for cooling temperatures. In 1970, the Boston Globe published a news article with the headline, Scientist Predicts a New Ice Age by 21st Century. Five years later, in 1975, the threat was moved to red alert when the editor of New Scientist declared that, quote, the threat of a new ice age must now stand alongside nuclear war as a likely source of wholesale death and misery for mankind. <laughs> These conclusions were based on scientific research. While the predicted ice age never came, and the climate coolers were forced to admit they had been wrong, they assured us that global warming would fulfill their prophecies instead. In 1988, scientists and leading climate experts predicted that the Maldives and Manhattan would be underwater by 2018. Oops, I guess they got that one wrong. In 2014, the French foreign minister standing alongside John Kerry declared, quote, We have 500 days to avoid climate chaos. Oops again. The more the climate changers' predictions failed to come true, the more disastrous their predictions became, and the less time we were told we had to act to avert catastrophe. Makes sense if you don't think about it. In 2021, John Kerry said the Earth had only nine years to avert the worst consequences of climate crisis. In 2019, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez told us, quote, the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. I don't know who to believe. Is the world ending in 2030, as Kerry says, or 2031, as Ocasio-Cortez said? Fortunately, climate scientists have solved this controversy, and Kerry and Ocasio-Cortez won't have to debate. The scientists now say that if we don't abandon fossil fuels in the next decade, civilization will end by 2050. So both Kerry and Ocasio-Cortez were wrong. Despite the indisputable fact that not a single prediction from any climate cultist has ever come to fruition, we are told we must obey them and heed their ever-evolving warnings. In a sane world, guided by reason, these climate scientists and their surrogates would be ridiculed and completely discredited. In 2009, Al Gore, citing another climate scientist's findings, predicted that the Arctic would be ice-free by 2013. Years later, when Gore's laughable prediction resurfaced, went viral, and was used to mock him, the fact-checkers rushed to his rescue. Was it fake news? Was the prediction falsely attributed to Gore? No. Gore had said those very words. The video was real. A Reuters fact check acknowledged that Al Gore did indeed make the bogus claim, but said his statement was being misrepresented because Gore was citing other researchers. When fact checkers get involved, you know that a leftist lie has been exposed. Fact checks are simply propagandists using lies to cover up other lies. In his 2006 documentary, An Inconvenient Truth, 
Gore said studies suggest, suggested, quote, in the next 50 to 70 years in summertime, the Arctic ice cap will be completely gone. Guess what? Even according to NASA, which is a politicized tool of the Marxists, the Antarctic ice sheet showed a net gain of 112 billion tons of ice a year from 1992 to 2001. That net gain slowed to 82 billion tons of ice per year between 2003 and 2008. In other words, at the time Al Gore predicted the Antarctic ice sheet would disappear, it was growing and continues to grow. The studies Gore cited had been untrue. The climate scientists had lied. But the climate cult won't let something as petty as the truth get in the way of their false narrative. Peter Gwynn, once the science editor at Newsweek, infamously wrote a nine-paragraph story about how the planet was cooling back in 1975. A similar story was published in Time magazine at the same time. But to this day, Gwynn stands by his reporting. I stand by it, Gwynn said in 2014. It was accurate at the time. Gwynn and other climate scientists, who now say the Earth is warming, observed in 1975 that there had been a gradual decrease in global average temperature since the 1940s. Even still, the global cooling scientists not only stand by their prior claims, but current scientists even claim that the Earth would be cooling if it weren't for our unnatural presence on Earth. Quote, if it weren't for the fact that humans had become a force of nature, we would be slipping back into an ice age, according to orbital cycles, said Mark McCaffrey, Programs and Policy Director of the National Center for Science Education, based in Oakland, California. So isn't it a good thing that humans have saved us from slipping into an ice age? This alone exposes the climate scientists as utter frauds. They blamed us for cooling trends and said it would lead to a nuclear winter, which would wipe us off the face of the earth. And now they blame us for warming trends, which will also wipe us off the face of the earth. Sounds to me like these climate cultists simply hate mankind. The climate scientists aren't scientists at all. They're fiction writers. Their narrative is that man is destroying the planet and we must be controlled to save us from ourselves. Even when they're caught lying, they simply predict that it's only a matter of time until their latest predictions come true. NASA, for example, admits the ice sheet has been growing, but warns that it could reverse at any time because of man-made global warming. Jay Zwally, a NASA glaciologist, even says that this expansion and increased snowfall is actually a sign of global warming. Now, global warming even causes snow. Quote, at the end of the last ice age, the air became warmer and carried more moisture across the continent, doubling the amount of snow dropped on the ice sheet, Zwally said. While we don't have to worry about melting ice caps, for now, the climate cult insists that we still must be alarmed by the increasing global temperatures. The Earth's temperature has risen by about 1.8 degrees Fahrenheit since the 1880s, except between 1940 and 1980, of course, when the Earth was cooling. If we do nothing, climate scientists predict that the planet will be between 0.5 and 8.6 degrees Fahrenheit warmer by 2100. In the United States, the temperature is expected to increase by 3 degrees based on whatever model the climate scientist is using 
or perhaps based on how many vodka tonics they've consumed that day. What will be the consequences of these rising global temperatures? Well, we're going to get increased precipitation in northern areas, but the deserts are going to get drier. We're going to have stronger hurricanes and harsher winters, but we're also going to have drought and more heat. The climate scientists learned something from their previous embarrassing prediction of a new ice age. Now, they cover all their bases. Anything that happens is the consequence of CO2 and man. Naturally, by 2100, all the doom and gloom cultists will be dead. Unlike those who predicted the disappearance of Manhattan and the Maldives and lived to be humiliated, John Kerry, Al Gore, and Barack Obama won't even be around to see their homes slip beneath the rising oceans. While the climate scientists have never gotten anything right, it's simply important that we understand that if we don't eliminate fossil fuels, bad things are going to happen, and we're all going to die, and if not us, our children or our children's children. Oddly, these same climate doomsayers, who are so concerned for the children, have no concern for the children when it comes to leaving them with 30 plus trillion in national debt. While politicians express zero urgency to cut government spending and save our children from an imminent economic apocalypse, these same politicians demand urgent and immediate action to avert the non-existent climate apocalypse. In order to prevent the eradication of the human race, these frauds demand we must fully abandon anything that produces carbon dioxide, which means fossil fuels. We exhale CO2. But this is permissible. Only CO2 from fossil fuels must be eliminated. I suppose our CO2 must be sophisticated. According to the EPA, the Environmental Prediction Agency, the typical passenger vehicle emits 5.5 metric tons of CO2 per year. In 2022, there were approximately 284 million registered vehicles operating in the United States. The Democrats demand that we stop driving these vehicles to eliminate their dangerous CO2 emissions, the same emissions we naturally produce. There are more than 330 million human beings living in the United States, according to the most recent census data. According to researchers in Spain, every person emits two tons of CO2 each year by virtue of being alive, you know, eating, breathing, and pooping. They claim this represents 20% of emissions. How long until the Democratic Party demands the implementation of a one-child policy, like the Communist Chinese, to regulate human CO2 emissions? They already encourage abortion. There have been more than 63 million abortions in the United States since the Roe v. Wade decision in 1973. Each one of those murdered babies would have emitted two tons of CO2 each year. Did these abortions help offset global warming? There's no difference between the CO2 that we emit and that of fossil fuels. You see, CO2 is simultaneously good and bad, according to the climate cult. It's necessary to make the planet habitable, but apparently we're producing too much, and that is dangerous. What difference does it make where it originates from? It's either good or bad. You can't have it both ways. If CO2 must be regulated, it paves the way for the regulation of human beings themselves. 
Abortion advocates view the unborn with the same compassion as they have for gas-powered vehicles. Both the eradication of cars and the unborn are celebrated by the left. Why doesn't the climate cult consider the value of aborting the unborn in their scientific calculation of reducing carbon emissions to save the planet? What inconsequential percentage of a degree cooler is the planet as a result of these 63 million aborted babies? The real reason the climate cult and Democratic Party have declared CO2 responsible for climate change isn't scientific. It's tyrannical. By declaring CO2 a pollutant, they have declared we the people pollutants. If we get rid of all fossil fuels and go carbon neutral immediately, they say Earth's temperature will continue to rise for a few decades because of all the hidden heat trapped from our present and previous emissions. Isn't that convenient? Destroy the economy and get rid of all fossil fuels, but don't expect to see any impact. Can you imagine if someone prescribed a vaccine to prevent the patient from getting a virus and then told the patient that he or she should still expect to get the virus? Wouldn't that be insane? But according to the climate scientists, if the U.S. cuts its carbon emissions by 100%, the Earth's temperature would be a little less hot by 2100. The Earth will still warm, but just not by quite as much. How much? If we eliminate fossil fuels immediately, the Earth would be 0.137 degrees Celsius cooler by 2100. This, of course, is according to some model by the UN Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. And if the entire world cuts its carbon emissions by 100%, the Earth's temperature would be 0.278 degrees cooler by 2100. In other words, if we blow up the entire world economy, we won't even make a difference in abating global warming. That's quite the sales pitch, isn't it? But let's say we all agree to destroy our economy and transition to renewable energy to make the planet 0.1 or 0.2 degrees cooler in 80 years. And I am back. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that little snippet from another chapter of my book, America's Last Stand. Will you vote to save or destroy America in 2024? I'll be back with you on October 11th. And I look forward to being with you. God bless you all. This is Drew Allen, your Millennial Minister of Truth.